Hallelujah. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, I also just ask you to govern my lips. Help me to uh, communicate. We've been in the Word a lot throughout the week, and you just bring forth that which you want. And we just depend upon you, Holy Spirit, to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, our scripture reference on your little pad, on your little uh, announcement sheet, is in um, Psalm 138, 8, or 2, Psalm 138, 2. And it says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And that's kind of been going off inside of me the last few weeks. Thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. And it was in the healing class that Michelle, Pastor Michelle brought it out that it says above all thy name. He has magnified his word above all of his name. Well, in our little names of God card, remember that throughout the Old Testament, his name was Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provides. Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, our banner of protection. Uh, Jehovah Makedish, I am the Lord who sanctifies thee. He has revealed himself little by little as time goes by throughout the Old Testament. Jehovah Shalom, I am the Lord your peace. Jehovah Rohi, the Lord my shepherd. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present. Shammah, Shammah, the Lord is present. Amen. Amen. He's magnified his word above all that. Then he comes into the New Testament, and Jesus is the, and that's not the only names of God in the Old Testament. Those are just some major ones. Jesus uh, embodies all of that. So now when you say Jesus, you are saying Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nissi, and so on. And he is the word made flesh. And uh, I guess one of the points today of what, I, what we're talking about is honoring God's word. He honors or magnifies his word above all his name. And so <clears throat> bottom line, I, I can declare myself as a Christian all I want, but if I'm not walking in his word, he's not responsible to go out there and meet my, meet my needs if I'm not uh, responding to his word. He's going to stick with his word. For an instance, if I jump off of this roof, there's a law of gravity. Because his word is a law. And there's a law of gravity. Amen? Well, he doesn't care if I say, I'm a Christian, save me. But he, Jesus will probably, in his mercy, save me. But it's best that I don't jump off the roof because there is a law of gravity. And he's not responsible to that. He's, he's not going to break his law of gravity because I say I'm a Christian. So I can't be breaking all of the laws of his kingdom and then call upon the name and call myself a Christian, right? Amen. And so uh, that's what he's, he's talking to us about today is there's the little foxes, and it was in the song this morning, which I thought was interesting, the little foxes that can spoil the vine, that we don't realize sometimes when we get outside and out of alignment, and, he, and, we, and the Holy Spirit, who loves us dearly, and does not want us out there lost and and, and um, wandering around. He's been he's been given to us to to guide us and to counsel us and to direct our steps. Amen. And so, um, 
he wants to, he wants to help us get rid of the little foxes that could be spoiling the vine. And so uh, let's look at John, 2 John chapter, uh, well, there's only one chapter. Let's look at 2 John 7, 6, start with 6. And part, part of this is going to help us to discern people that we should or should not get involved with. I mean, to, to be, you'll see at the end that the days ahead can be very challenging and it's going to be real important that we stay in, uh, in his will. Um, I was looking at hurricanes yesterday on YouTube and the, the, we went through a hurricane in Corpus Christi. Well, we've been through one, a couple of them here too, but in Corpus Christi, we were right on the water and it was, there's a lot of difference in the, when the water's 50 miles away than when the water's right out your back, out, right out across the street from you. And so it, I thought we could die there you know, in that hurricane. But in the, in the midst of a hurricane, and it says in Ezekiel, God is a whirlwind, Amen. which is what a hurricane is. He's a whirlwind. So you have this swirling around, but in the middle, it's peaceful and calm. Birds are flying around, the sun's shining. It's real quiet and still. Amen. But on the outside, it's this way. So this is what I want you to keep this image. In the middle of his will, in his word, when I'm walking in his word, I'm in that secret place that Psalm 91 talks about. I'm in the secret place of the Most High, and, and I'm abiding up under the shadow of the Almighty. He who is dwelling, it says, is saying. So I'm saying I'm there. I'm saying it with my mouth. My mouth. That's part of my confession, is speaking the word over myself. That's how you, I don't know if you know this, but that's how you dress yourself for the spirit. Amen. You dress yourself with the word of God. And so, but no, a hurricane moves. Amen. So that center is going to have to move. Uh, I was hearing a man talk about how people get a revelation and then they build an organization and settle in on that revelation and they, they don't budge off of it. They don't grow anymore in, in God. And so if I don't move with the storm, I can't stay in the calm place, the secret place. So I've got to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, right? And I think it's going to be more and more important that we develop, uh, increase our skill set Amen. in hearing and obeying the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because the outer realms of the storm are going to have more and more darkness in them. Right. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but Mark Barkley years ago, a preacher in the minister's conference, had seen a vision in a Kenneth Hagin meeting, and he saw this dark cloud coming up on the earth. And you know, it says in Isaiah, which we'll see later, deep darkness, darkness will cover the earth, deep dark, yay, deep darkness will cover the earth. Well, we're in darkness. How many of you know we're in darkness? Darkness is settling. Maybe you younger people don't realize it, but we knew when it was brighter. <laughs> And there's deep darkness coming up on the earth now. And so uh, it's, it's, imp it's important that we stay safely tucked in and tucked under in his word and to identify things in our life that could be spoiling our mind. Amen. Little foxes. I didn't put down joy, but that was what the song said, and that is a good one. And we'll get to that. Let's go back to checking, John. I'm getting ahead of myself here, so... 
2 John 6, this is love that we walk after his commandments. Now remember, love never fails. So you want to find out what, what the walk of love is. It never fails. And a lot of times you might just say in the midst of something and you're not sure what to do, Lord, what does love want to do now? How would love handle this situation? What does love want to do here? And this is love that we walk, at, we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that, you, as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abides not in the doctrine of Christ has not God. So if you don't abide in the teachings of the anointing, Christ meaning the anointing, if we don't abide in this word, and a lot of places, uh, I'll point some out in a minute, that it's easy because of what's going on around us to be pulled off center of what the word actually says. So, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ has not God. He that abideth in the teachings of the anointing, he has both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. That's pretty strong. Amen. Not to even bid him Godspeed. Uh, years ago, there used to be a denomination, I don't know if you call it, it was an organization, that would knock on doors and they had their little magazine and they just wanted a dime for it. But it was a deceiving thing. It was false prophets. It was false teachings. Amen. So for it, and I know, it, it, oh, please, that's ridiculous. No, it could be a little fox that could spoil my mind right. for me to give them a dime and greet them. And, and I might have done it. Father, forgive me. You know, not knowing I might have done it. And just trying to be nice. Sometimes the nicest thing you can do is walk out the love walk in front of them and not let them get by with what their flesh is wanting to do. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. It says, for he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Wow. Now, folks, this is God's word, and he means what he says. We can say, oh, she's really getting all carried away up there. Well... I'm not going to let that spoil my vine. And, and I feel like this is what the Lord wanted us to look at today. And then let's look over here at, um, again, it, to go back to verse 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. When they con the word confess means, it's, the Greek word is homolegeo or homoleo, and it's the same as covenant the word covenant, or to be in agreement with, the word logos. So confession is not just made with the mouth, it's made with the life and what you do. It's made with your lifestyle. So you can't just say the word and think you're going to get by with everything. See, he's going to honor his word above his name. He's not going to say, oops, that's all right. She said she's a Christian, so I'll let her get by with this. No. Amen. The whole earth is created out of this. These are the laws of the universe. And sometimes I think we get too familiar and maybe take things too lightly. I know I do. 
And there's something about our natural man that gives, we give ourselves permission to say, oh, well, yeah, I was really mad. When I was quitting smoking or attempting to before the Lord gave me the power to do it, my explanation was anybody that has three boys to raise needs to smoke. (laughs) But I would learn to excuse myself. Well, you know, God, I can't help it. I just, I just can't help it. And like he told one person I know, you better help it. Amen. And I, I will take you to, let me show you something, because the, the kids just sang this great song about grace. Look at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. So you don't. He says, laboring together as God's fellow workers with him, then we beg of you not to receive the grace of God in vain. That merciful kindness by which God exerts his holy influence on souls and turns them to the anointing or to Christ, keeping and strengthening them, do not receive it to no purpose. So he's saying, Paul is begging us. The Holy Spirit here is begging us not, not to receive his, God's grace in vain. And then he defines grace as that merciful kindness by which God exerts his holy influence on our soul and turns it to, towards Christ and righteousness. So I, I could say, well, you know, any, anybody that has four, three boys needs to um, smoke because <laughs> I wanted to keep smoking. I mean, I, I always laughed and said, you know, the doctor said, Mrs. Pigeon, it's your cigarettes or your right arm. I'd say, how high do you need to cut? I loved my cigarettes. And yet when I got saved, I started feeling like I probably should quit smoking, but I didn't know how to do it on my own. I needed God's grace to help me. Amen. So there may be things that you'll discover in here that are little foxes spoiling your vine, but you have access and you access it by faith that we're studying on Tuesday nights. You access it by faith. That grace, God is able to make all grace Every favor and earthly blessing come to us in abundance. But here we see that that grace also strengthens our heart to do what's right. And there might be something inside of you that's pulling you this way, but by the power of God and by the grace of God, you can pull yourself back. Get a hold of yours. I've been known to get a hold of the back of my neck and shake myself. When I first got saved, I'd get real angry about something. I'd just go in the bathroom, shut the door and talk to the wall. Mary Jean, you are patient and kind. You're not jealous, arrogant, or boastful. <laughs> you don't act like becoming leader, seek your own, or take into account a wrong suffered. <laughs> You're not provoked, resentful, or touchy. Get over yourself. Whip myself and go back out and smile. <laughs> so we have the power to govern ourselves. And that's the first place we need to use that dominion power is on ourself. On my own mind, set your mind on the things above where Christ is. Amen? Amen. What's going on in heaven right now, Jesus? And he'll tell you, we got the Holy Ghost. And it says in, in um, uh, James, uh, no, James 4, 5, that the Holy Spirit lusteth after us. It says, even to, he's even talking to adulterers and adulteresses. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? It's so easy to build a friendship with the world, isn't it? Because you're in this world. We're not of it, but we're in it. And we have to examine ourselves periodically and see if we've 
connected somehow with the world. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. I don't want to be an enemy of God. Do you think that the scriptures say in vain, the spirit dwelleth with us, lust, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? Would you ever put the word lust with the Holy Ghost? He has a yearning to help us. He has a yearning, an intense fire in his belly about you and I. And he's wanting to guide us and direct us and to teach us and to train us. He is our best, our BFF, our best friend forever. And you don't just click him on Facebook. He wants to live and dwell in you and abide in us forever. And he's the one relationship that will be with you forever. He's with you forever. So uh, he's the one that goes with you when you're leaving this body and going on into heaven. He's with you. So in in 1 John 4, talking about, now, I guess what we're doing is seeing the, uh, wanting to stress a real relationship with the Holy Spirit and a fake one. I mean, I could speak the word. I can show up at prayer meetings. I can be faithful in church. I can do all these things and not have an, in, an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Good. And we all, we all step out of line once in a while. I mean, we all, you know, it's like sometimes you, you're, you're real cranky and you know, I need to come to Jesus meeting. <laughs> I need to sit down and get quiet and talk to the Lord about, about, I need to get back into the love of God because I'm aggravated and anxious and So if you find yourself being aggravated and anxious, then go sit down and be alone with the Holy Spirit and let him tell you what's going on. There was a time when I was aggravated and anxious about something. I was doing the dishes one night and one of the kids said something and I snapped. And here I am practicing the love walk. (laughs) And, And I went upstairs and got the word. I said, Lord, what in the world? That wasn't worth a snap. What, what was wrong with me? And he let me know. He said, I've given you a vision for your life. And you're trying to make it happen. And I didn't ask you to make it happen. I'm just asking your permission to do that in your life. And I went, oh. Well, you know how I found that? I went to the Proverbs. I started reading the Proverbs. And several of them kept getting the word anxiety in it. Anxiety, anxiety. So I said, what am I anxious about? I didn't even know I was anxious about anything. And that's when he said, I've given you a vision for your life. And you're thinking you have to make it happen, and you don't. I'm just asking your permission to to do that in your life. So when he gives you these visions, he's not expecting us to fulfill them. He's expecting us to cooperate while he fulfills them. And he has to have permission, because our life, we have to give him our life. Amen? Amen. He's a gentleman. He's not going to come in and take it. The devil will come in and take it, but he's not going to. He's going to help us make it more fruitful. Because the first thing God said to his man, male and female, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish. I was thinking the other day, so what does that do to global warming? The church has the power to replenish the earth. Amen. Amen? Amen? So if it runs out of something, just call for it from heaven and replenish the earth. Amen. Okay. Let's go to 1 John 4. In verse, um, let's see, what is it? 4. 
It said, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know we the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses once again, that, that's in agreement with the word, that's, that Jesus Christ has come. Now listen, it's both of these have said in the flesh, but stop and think of this. Even the demons will say Jesus Christ has come. So they're not talking about just saying it with your mouth. They're not talking about confessing like with your mouth that Jesus Christ has come. Even the heathens know that, that he was lived in the earth. This is saying it with your whole being, spirit, soul, and body. Your lifestyle is saying Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Amen. I'm saying it with my flesh. Jesus Christ has come. Jesus Christ has come into my life. And he's come, and I'm acting it out in my flesh. Do you see what I'm saying? So, beloved, believe not every spirit. Just because somebody says something doesn't make it so. Try the spirits, whether they are of God. Many false prophets have gone out into the world. There are wolves in sheep's clothing in the house of God. Now, I'm going to make sure I'm not one of those. And that's my choice. I have to make that choice. And you have to make that choice. You know, there's 30, 60, and 100-fold production. You decide how much, how much fruitfulness you want in your life. And the more fruitfulness is the more word, because this word bears fruit. And so when we stay attached to it, you know, those little foxes spoil the vine. Who's the vine? Jesus. I am the vine. You are the branches, Right? right. So hereby know we the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come, and I'm going to say in their flesh, is of God. So there's some um, prepositions in the Greek that say by something or for something or through something. Um, and ek, E-K, is the one that says from the, that comes out from the point of origin so any, anybody that, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in their flesh uh, is of God, has come out from God. But you know, uh, there are people that, that have strong souls, they're educated in those scriptures, but they're not being moved by the Holy Spirit. And we don't want to be deceived by that. That's why the discerning of spirits is very important to us in the days ahead. Because as darkness covers the earth, yea, deep darkness the, the, earth, the world, we're going to need a discerning spirit of who's who and who's not, right? So every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in their flesh is not of God. So you, you can discern if someone's coming from the Lord by their lifestyle. That's why we want to watch over our lifestyle right? We want the word of God to be our lifestyle. I, we pray every, every day, pray that we will be hungry for the word of God. You have to be hungry to eat. You know, it's a dangerous thing if you get to where you're not hungry anymore. And you do have to be hungry to eat. So to pray for an appetite for the word of God is a good prayer for us. Because the Holy Spirit will get in us and, and create a hunger in us for this word. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. Whereof you have heard that it should come and even now already is in the world. 
Now, first, uh, I made a comment here. A person who is professing to be a Christian and does not walk according to God's word is a liar and a deceiver. I know that sounds harsh, doesn't it? But according to God's word, (coughs) and as harsh as it might be, it could save your soul from hell. If someone will tell you that. So, um, the Antichrist spirit that's already in the world, Antichrist, right? Against the anointing. And so they will come against you if you're walking in your anointing, they're going to come against you. Because then you're like, what did I ever do to them? Well, nothing. It's the spirit to spirit battle that's going on. (coughs) And there's a lot of that going on today. God magnifies his word above his name. In 1 Chronicles 16, 29, it says, bring an offering. Now, this is a sacrificial offering that we're bringing to the Lord. And that is to deny myself and my feelings and what I'd really like to do. I'd like to go punch them out, you know. But deny that and honor God's word and put his word above his name. Don't just depend on being a Christian to get you through, walk in his word. Bring an offering, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And that literally is holy array or military order. So we've discussed it before. There is an order. There is an order to the kingdom of God. And staying, keeping that order. Sometimes um, wives submit yourselves to your husband. Sometimes that's not fun. Right? Right? Oh, right. Nobody's saying right. (laughs) Come on, girls. It's not easy, is it? It's not always easy. And guys, I'm telling you, it's not always easy. Sometimes we wonder if you really know what you're talking about. But if you're not asking us to, to do something illegal or immoral... As we have to submit as unto the Lord, but we submit one to another, right? So he's going to magnify it. So we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness and military order. So keeping that order is not always fun or comfortable. It, sometimes it's a sacrifice. You sacrifice to keep kingdom order so the power of the Holy Spirit can continue to flow and people can be healed and miracles. You're sacrificing your time on a Sunday morning to be here. And if one soul got saved or one body got healed because you, were, you came to church and helped fill a sanctuary with faith and praise and worship and that person got healed or set free or delivered, you've made a sacrifice to the Lord and he doesn't miss that. That goes down on your your heavenly record. Amen? So he says, thank you for showing up. And you think, well, I'm not a part of it. Well, to be honest with you, if you're a part of things, you're going to be easier to be faithful to it. But even if you're not a part of things, just showing up and filling a chair does a lot. It inspires the preacher (laughs) who then can preach to the people who then go out and do other things. So... It, it, it strengthens the rest of the body. I remember years ago when um, we were in church and we, our kids were little and, and I would look over at, at, the, at Bracewood. Sunday nights was family night and 
I'd look over and see the people that were faithful. And it would just like pitter-pat my heart. Because that was, it would make me cry just to see, here we are all tucked in together, safe in daddy's arms, you know. And it was such a sweet feeling. So just, just showing up is a lot. I just, I don't want to, I just want to use that step one and it's a lot. It means a lot. So we're saying God magnifies his word above his name. The day of the Lord, uh, and then I was, the day of the Lord, uh, the, the great day of the Lord. It says uh, in Malachi, behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. All through the Old Testament, and you can look this up, the day of the Lord. Why would you want the day of the Lord? It's a day of great darkness and deep, deep, uh, terrible things and deep darkness. And it is. And we're living in some of it right now, but it's going to get worse. It's going to get more intense. And so <clears throat> the, the word uh, for great is in the Hebrew is gadol, which has to do with a maturity about it. Uh, an aging process. So the day of the Lord is the day of the mature saints Amen. and the fear of the Lord. It's not, it's in, see, there's a day of the Lord. It's like that hurricane. There's that outer realm and all hell's breaking loose out there. But in the center of that will is the, the mature saints and the fear of the Lord and peace and prosperity and you know, the birds are flying, the sun is shining, as long as you stay in that place, which is in his word. Amen. Okay? Amen. One of the scriptures in Amos said, why would you want the, the, the day of the Lord to come? And then another one says, because I remember years back thinking, everybody's going, oh, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus. That's bigger than what you're saying. What you, you think we're just going to get sucked up. I used to think we we're going to get sucked up like a big vacuum. But now I think we're just going to transmit from one realm to another. But uh, in the day of the Lord, uh, there's a lot going on. It's like a storm. And we want to be inside and tucked in and tucked under. So I, I just encourage all of us, because I believe the Holy Spirit is directing us in this way, to examine ourselves. And, and make sure that we have clear communication, me and the Holy Ghost, that you can interrupt me at any time. You can correct me at any time. I am open Amen. to what you have to say. Amen. I heard a lady preacher say this once. One of her ministers on staff at her church uh, was going to a meeting, and he had a vision. And in the vision, the Lord, there was 120 pastors and their wives at this meeting, and in the vision, the Lord showed him, and he went, and he took him to each couple. Each couple, and said, this is Pastor Jack and Mary Jean Pigeon. This is Pastor Jack and Michelle Pigeon. This is Pastor, you know, whatever, Robin and Steve Williamson. And he, but he would say, they're not interested. He didn't say that about us, but you know. he would say about a couple, this is Pastor, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. They're not interested. And, and each one, he would say, this is pastor so-and-so and so-and-so. They're interested. Minister to them. She said, ever since the, he had that vision, they, they, go, they go into a meeting. They say, Lord, this is Pastor Jack and Mary Jean Pigeon, and we're interested. <laughs> 
So there's a lot of people sitting that really aren't interested. And the Holy Spirit knows that. But he's here to help us all get interested. I pray that we all get interested. Amen. To hear his voice. This is the power force of the whole Godhead of eternal things. The universes, the God of the all the universe, this is his heart that we want to be interested in hearing from. Amen. Amen. There is a place. So he's magnifying his word above his name. There's a day of the Lord coming, just like in that hurricane, the outer, if it's moved, you get to a place where he camps out for a season and he's teaching things and there's an outpouring and this is happening, that's happening. And then it's time, then there's a moving on. Even in the Old Testament, they did that. They packed up the tabernacle and they moved on. Well, if you say, I don't, this, is, this is it, all that stuff, no, this is it. I'm satisfied. That's great. Because when the, the center moves on, you're going to end up in that outer wing of the storm. And that is happening in the earth. So <clears throat> Mark Barkley's vision, he saw that dark cloud coming. This is the scary part about it. That dark cloud was coming. Why you don't want to get caught outside in the storm. The, when the dark cloud started coming, the thing was it had a power in it to suck you into it. Wow. Amen. And don't think you can put this off. It will come on you suddenly like a woman going into travail and labor. So do not put off the Holy Spirit and what he's trying to tell us. When, when, when my babies were born, my water broke with Troy, the youngest one, at 2 o'clock in the morning. I was sound asleep. Bing! There went that little bro. And I went, oh, I think my water just broke. So I had, uh, let's see, two, two hours before he was born. Well, we had to drive downtown in Corpus Christi. But it, when he says suddenly... That's how it happens. So suddenly, as this dark cloud gets darker and darker and darker, at what point, if I'm out here playing around, do I get sucked into it? And once I'm sucked into it, I can't, I can't, it's hard to get out. It's like an undertow, you know? And if I'm scaring you, I'm glad. Because this earth has lost the fear of the Lord. We do not honor him. We do not fear him in all the earth. And don't think that doesn't affect all of us. We pick up on those little things. And we take in those attitudes. And so that's why he's talking to us about this. Don't let those attitudes get hold of you. Amen. Amen. Why? Because he lusteth after us with envy. He yearns with the heart of a deep, loving soul for us. He yearns to bring us into his perfect will and his destiny for our lives. He had such a beautiful plan before the foundation of the world for each and every one of us, and he is yearning. His spirit is yearning for us. If, if you ever don't feel loved, turn your eyes upon Jesus. And ask him to let you experience his, the, the love that the Holy Spirit has for you. Amen? Amen? And that will protect you. That will protect you in the day of trouble. 
So don't let the little foxes spoil the vine. <clears throat> now, in the midst of all of this, there is that safe place. I don't want to make this hard. All we got to do is stay in touch with the Holy Ghost, with Him, with Jesus, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Just stay in touch. And when I say the Holy Ghost, it's that, it's that voice within you. Amen. Learn to recognize when that's Him and when that's you. One day I told the Lord, I said, Lord, is that you, me, or the devil? <laughs> Have you ever felt that way? Is that you, me, or the devil? He said, for Pete's sakes, Mary Jean, <laughs> you're giving more credit to your inability to hear than in my ability to speak. Bong. He's a big God. Amen. He knows how to talk. <laughs> and he knows how to talk on my level where I can understand him. If he has to wake you up at 3 o'clock in the morning to get your attention, he will do that if you're wanting to hear. If you're willing to listen. Amen. If you're interested. Amen. The whole key is being interested. How, how much would you talk to a person who's not interested? Amen. Huh? You wouldn't talk to them if you... I mean, I'm talking away and they're just... <laughs> I didn't say a word. <laughs> so don't let the little foxes spoil our, our uh, connection to the vine. And I'll tell you a place where I was highly corrected this week. And I went, oh, oh my goodness. These politicians, <laughs> some of them are just, you just like, where did they come from? And of course, I make my voice known to the TV. <laughs> and I was corrected by a preacher this week, uh, listening to him. And I went, oh my goodness, is, this is serious. I mean, I've known it was not right, but it's serious now. You know, it's really getting serious now. And, and so he, he reminded me that two of these politicians that I might not agree with politically are Jewish. So let's just look over in Genesis chapter 12. We're talking about little foxes spoiling our vine. We don't have much longer to do this, so I'll... Little foxes spoiling the vine. Okay, in Genesis chapter 12, verses... Um, I'm going to just stay in the King James, verses 1 through 3. But he's called us out. He called Abram out. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. So when you get born again, you're being called out to be a new creature in Christ. And, and God's going to make us fruitful and prosperous because that's a part of our destiny as made in the image of God. Amen. And then in verse 3, he said, I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. And in thee, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, this is a promise to Abram, Abraham, Abram. And in the New Testament, in Galatians, it says that Christ is the seed of Abram, Abraham. And, uh, he, and we are in Christ. So if you will, we're like the Jew too. But this promise was made to Abram as a Jewish person. I mean, he was the head of the Jew. He would be establishing the Jewish nation. So if you, if you curse them or speak against them, 
there's a little fox there that can spoil your vine now because you've just opened the door to the curse to deny, to uh, nullifying, if you will, the blessing. And now you've come, let's, let's put it like termites. You just got termites in your house and they're starting to eat away at your blessing. And we didn't even know that that mattered. I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't know that mattered. I mean, I was in my house. Nobody else heard me, you know? <laughs> Why did that matter? So that, that and, and of course it talks about uh, praying for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Handling things in the love of God versus just in your natural man is very important. And because this is the point, it, it's costly. It's too costly to just let my flesh out there. I had a friend once, she was an organist in the Methodist church and the choir director there was real uh, prima donna. And she, she was just sweet and kind and everything and he just was prima donna. And she got so mad at him one time and she was like, she had to deal with him on a regular basis. And she, but I remember her at prayer group one time, she said, I just told the Lord, Lord, I'm gonna fast my anger here. I never thought of it that way. Fast the flesh, not just what you eat. Fast your attitude. Fast your comment. Fast that anger that somebody's trying to stir up. Don't let the little fox spoil the vine there. And these are little things that we think. In fact, if you were going to God and say, what's going on? You wouldn't even think about that. When you repent, you probably wouldn't even think about that. You wouldn't consider it that big of a deal. Tithing. That's not a suggestion. That was a commandment. And so you're taught to tithe here in this church, and I'm probably getting a little bold here, but this is for your sake. And, you, and I, all I would say is you go t- talk it out with the Holy Spirit and let him talk to you. He can show you in a way that you can understand the importance of it. But you are allowing foxes to spoil the vine by knowing to tithe and not even questioning him. I mean, I'm not telling you to do it just because we're telling you to do it, although that's a good idea. But uh, you're, you're not even going to the Holy Spirit and say, what about it? You know, my friend that fasted her anger at the choir director, she was sharing with me, and this is my early days of being saved, she was sharing with me about... Um, uh, Baptism, water baptism. Well, I'd been, I'd been in the Episcopal church and I'd been sprinkled as a baby and they call you born again. <laughs> and uh, so I had never been water baptized. So she was telling me all about her water baptism and how God led her and stuff. And so later on, I was, so, I was sewing that day and I remember I was sit, sitting there really quiet and just sewing. And all of a sudden, because I asked the Lord, I said, well, Lord, I don't want to do it just because Laurie did it. Uh, but if, if it's important to you that I do this, I want to do that. So I'll tell you this about tithing. You don't have to do it just because I'm sitting here telling you about it or we preach it every time we take the, receive the offering. But go to the Holy Spirit and say, is this important or not? Is it just their tradition or is this really important to you? Asking. So I asked the Lord, I said, is this really important to you or am I just trying to do it because Laurie's doing it? And, he, and while I'm sewing, it's like, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized. It just kept going on and on. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized. 
believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thought, oh, well, I have been baptized and then believed, but I have not believed and then been baptized. So that's how he was letting me know this is important to me. I want you to do this. So I would suggest that to you in your tithing. If you don't, if you're not fully assured, ask him. He'll talk to you in a way that you can get it from him. And then you can do it by faith because there are such blessings in the tithe. There's so much in the tithe that the Holy Spirit's yearning for you not to lose out on those blessings. Traditions of men. Remember that scripture in there? The traditions of men, and they, they didn't honor their father and uh, mother. He, he said, uh, I don't remember how that went, but it's in Mark chapter 7. They nu- the traditions of men will nullify the word of God. I'll tell you quickly, when we went to the, when, in the Episcopal church, we had an 11 o'clock service. We were home by 12.15. We left at a quarter till, home by 12.15. My mother had a roast in the oven. Every Sunday we had roast and rice and gravy, black-eyed peas, broccoli, whatever. We had a big meal. We get born again, spirit-filled, go to the Assembly of God Church. Now it's a little different because the church service is two hours long. And it's a 30-minute drive back and forth. So I'm still trying to come home, even after teaching Sunday school, and have a big roast and rice and gravy and black-eyed pea because that was my tradition. And one day, Pastor Matt, I was just wearing myself out, trying to keep up with the tradition. And one day, Pastor Banning mentioned that he had a bologna sandwich for lunch on a Sunday. I couldn't believe it. Somebody had a bologna sandwich for lunch on a Sunday? But it set me free. So after that, we had bologna sandwiches on a lunch. <laughs> a new tradition had started. <laughs> Cultural acceptance of issues that are an abomination to God. That's a big deal in our day. Abortion. LGBT. Those are listed in the scriptures. Look them up. Leviticus 18, 20, several times in the New Testament, just because the culture of man is embracing these things. Now, I'm not telling you to be hateful or ugly or some, we have people in your family that are, are in, that are, uh, have been kidnapped by these things. But you can't embrace it and then have the power to pray them free. If, you're, if, the, if you embrace it just because the culture is so overwhelmed with it, now it's, the fox is stealing your vine and the power to set them free and get them uh, free to fulfill their destiny is gone. They need us to stay in alignment with the word. The people you care about need you to stay in alignment with the word. And then uh, stealing um, our joy and the fruit of the spirit. That came in the song, which I think we're going to end up singing a little bit. Don't let the, uh, uh, Dr. Savell's book is, if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. But joy is only a part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's one section of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, faith, meekness, temperance. And, and these little foxes will steal that from us. And that will, ruin, that will ruin many other things. So let's just, 
let's just say a prayer right now, and then, and then we'll end up with a song um, about how good God is to us. Aren't you, aren't you glad that he talks to us about things like this? I mean, one last story. When I was working before Pastor Jack and I got married, I got promoted to another desk in the file room at Standard Oil of Texas. And the lady that had that desk before me, she used to argue with our boss. Oh, she argued with the woman that ran the file room. They ran it and raved about where things ought to be put and all this kind of stuff. And, and Hazel was very sassy with her. And I just thought, I can't believe she's talking to her boss like that. I was just... And so uh, eventually Hazel left and I got her desk. And I thought, I am not going to treat Juanita like that. I'm going to be good to her. I'm going to ask her. And so everything that I needed, I'd say, what do you want to do with this? And how about that? And what do you want to do about that? Well, I didn't know she was getting irritated by that because she didn't tell me <laughs> until my review came up three months later. And I go down to see Mr. Livermore thinking, I'm going to get a good review. And he says, no, she does not like that you just, she wants you to make up your mind and do it yourself. She does not want you asking her all the time. <laughs> she didn't tell me that. And she let me go before the other guy. I'm glad God is telling us this, aren't you? I'm glad he's going to help us see the areas that we need to be corrected. This is a good thing. Lord, correct me or confirm me. Do you dare say that? Correct me or confirm me. Am I holding on to something just because it's my attitude, my opinion, my tradition, what my parents did? Hey, they lived in another day than you live in. This is a different day. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for talking to us. We appreciate it. We receive your truth, Father. Lord, let's just bow our heads for a minute, and then we'll, we're going to finish singing. Father, thank you so much for being our friend and being our father, for loving us. And Lord, we know that dangerous times are coming in the earth. A serious time is coming up on the earth. We just pray for your people, your children, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we'll hear your voice and another voice will not follow, that we'll hear and obey, that we'll hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord and all the blessings of Deuteronomy 28 will be free to flow in our lives, that we'll remove the obstacles that would hinder your free flow of your word in our lives. That we'll listen and get in alignment with what you have to say to us. I pray for your grace to abound to each one of us in the midst of this, Father. And we thank you that you are good to us. You are good to us. And you help us stop the little foxes from spoiling our vine, the vine. And we thank you for it, Father. And I just release that anointing upon each and every person here today. The Holy Spirit saying, I am yearning for you. I am yearning for you and I will be helping you. I will be helping you clean your closet. I will be helping you clean out things that you weren't aware of. So listen to my voice. Listen to my voice.
In Jesus' name, amen.